But, but listen, God, God is starting to speak to pastors. And, and he's giving us a message that we need to preach. And he's not just giving, giving this message to me, but he's giving it to anybody who will listen. Can you say amen to that? And uh, so as I was reading this, uh, the kingdom of God, the Lord spoke to me. I, while I was reading the book, the Lord spoke to me, and it didn't have anything to do. To, it did not pertain to the book that I was reading. He just spoke to me right out of the clear. And, and if you'll let God do that, he will do that. He just spoke to me right out of the clear. Now, somebody's going to say, you mean, Pastor, you heard an audible voice in your office? I'm not saying that. I'm saying he spoke to me, okay, and I heard him speak. Here's what he said to me. Because there's so many people who are concerned about this election. And they are concerned about all of the corruption that took place. Now, listen, it doesn't take a mental heavyweight to figure it out. It's corrupted completely, okay? Uh, if, if you look at it, you're going, wow, how did this ever happen in the United States of America? Well, it started about 70 years ago, maybe 80 years ago. It didn't just start, you know, like a few weeks ago or a few years ago. It started, and it's progressively and very subtly gotten worse until now we're standing at the threshold of socialism, okay? And, and by the way, by the way, that socialism and communism and Marxism is not of God. How many of you understand that? It's not of God. And socialism, Marxism, and communism, all of those are atheistic. How many of you understand? They have ruled out God. Now, in the United States, now somebody asked me, are we a Christian nation? Here's what I say to them. We have Christian churches in this nation. Somebody say amen to that. Because I, 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 with an honest conscience, I don't know that we're a Christian nation. Okay, but we have Christians in this nation. And so the Lord spoke to me just out of the blue. And here's what he said to me. He said, how do you expect the world not to be liberal when most of our Bible-based churches have taken away Scripture? And when they are liberal. And he said they've taken away the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They've taken away the gifts. They've taken away the offices. They've taken away everything. Now, now we're talking about churches here. I'm going to read something to you. Now, I know that you're not going to believe what I'm going to read to you. But a few years ago when we did a graduation with our, past, with our preachers that come through our classes, I had Dave Mason, who is the pastor of, uh, of uh, Green Valley Baptist, very good friend. Dave Mason loves the Lord, and he's got a good church, okay? And he was sharing with us, he said that he sat on the board of Southwest uh, Baptist School in Bolivar, Missouri. And I said, yeah, he said, I am resigning. Remember that? And I said, now, why are you resigning? He said, because he said, in our school that I sat on the board, he said, we have a teacher in there who is teaching the New Testament that's an atheist. And so he said, I went to the board and I said, we got to let that guy go. And the board said, we can't let him go because he's tenured. And Dave Mason said, if you don't let him go, I cannot stay on your board. 
So we have Bible colleges and we have seminaries that have went the atheistic way and do not teach the truth about the Lord. Okay. Now I'm going to show you some things. And what I want to show you is this is very much in the Bible. Okay. Now in, if in, 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 uh, uh, first Corinthians chapter 12 and starting with verse seven, if you have your Bible, I want you to go there. I went, I, I told Harold, I said, boy, I would have liked for you to be able to put this on the big screen, but I didn't get it to him fast enough. So I want you to go over to, uh, first Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse seven, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but you're going to follow it. And so in verse seven, what he says, he says, now he's going to give the gifts to the church. And this is for the common good of the church. Everybody see that? And so these are the gifts that Paul mentions in first Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse seven. He said, there's a gift of wisdom. There's the gift of knowledge. There's the gift of faith. There's gifts, plural of healing, the gift of miracle, uh, miracles, the gift of prophecy. There's the gift of distinguishing or discerning spirits. There's the gift of tongues, and then there's the gift of interpreting those tongues, right? Now, I want you to run over to Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to go over there and look at it right now. Go over to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse, starting with verse 11, okay? And he, in, in verses 9 and 10, he's going to say, how could he ascend until he first descended? And then when he ascended, he give gifts to men. How many of you remember reading that? Okay. And he give offices. Now, now in, in I believe it's uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And listen to the offices now. There is the office of the apostle. How many of you see that? There is the office of the prophets. Does everybody see that? There is the office of the evangelist. Everybody see that? There is the office of pastors, and there is the office of teachers. How many of you see that? So what we've just talked about, we've talked about the gifts, and we've talked about the offices. Now, in most of our churches today, even our Pentecostal charismatic, in our Baptist churches, uh, we don't even want to talk about the Methodist churches. In most of our charismatic denominational churches, we will recognize the pastor and teacher. But we will not recognize the apostle. We will not recognize the prophet. And sometimes we have a hard time recognizing the evangelist. Can you say amen? Now, here's an interesting thing. We will recognize the missionary. But yet missionaries are not in the Bible. How many of you understand that? So when it's talking about missionaries, it's talking about apostles. Because it's the apostles that went and were commissioned by God that established churches. Now I'm getting to this for a reason. And I want you to pay attention to it. Last week we had a, a message given in tongues. And then the one who gave the message in tongues then stood, interpreted his tongue, and then also I interpreted the tongue. How many of you remember that? I want you to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 13. How many of you got there now? 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 13. What I'm trying to do is set a foundation here, and I want you just to stay with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 13. Bill, do you have it there? I want you to read it. Right. And so, so we have one who speaks in a tongue, 
should also be able to interpret that tongue. So somebody says, is that Bible? Absolutely, it's Bible. Okay, there is the gift of interpretation, which people can interpret the tongues that are given in the church. Now, I'm just trying to set up something here so you can see something, what God had said to me. Now, listen to what he said. He said, how do we expect the world or how do I expect the world not to be liberal when most of our Bible-based churches have taken away Scripture? And so we've taken away those scriptures, and, and because we've taken away scriptures, then we also have allowed humanism and secularism to come and infiltrate our churches. This is an important thing if you'll listen to it. Now, first of all, in Genesis, from, from, verses, I mean, from chapters 1 through 6, here's what we know. In Genesis chapters 1 through 6, we know that God created this earth. And the world. How many of you believe that? And the universe. But when we get into chapter 1, listen, here's what he teaches us. Moses is teaching us that God created the earth, the world, the moon, the stars, the universe in six 24-hour days. Now, some of you might want to contend with that, but you have no biblical scriptures to contend with that. Not one. All you have to be able to contend with that is the theory that the humanist and the secularist put out that there is 400 million, 400 billion years when we have no litmus test and no carbon dating test that's going to take us over 2,000 years. That's not going to happen. And so we look at the oldest book that's in the world today, and the oldest book that is in the world today is the Bible. You cannot find a book older than the Bible. Amen? You can't find a reference that's older. Now listen to what the Word says. The Word says that God created this world in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. Right? And he didn't rest from being wore out. He rested to sit back and say, whoa, that is good. Right? Because it says, and God said, it is good. Now, now we look at that and we say, well, what difference does it make, Pastor, if we believe in six-day creation or if we believe in 400 million years as long as we believe in the cross of Calvary? It makes a lot of difference, and the reason why it does is because that is the basis where we have to set the premise of what we preach. And so if that is taken away, then nothing that's in the Word of God has any faith connection whatsoever because it takes faith to understand the book of Genesis. Somebody give me an amen to that. Okay, so, you know, now, now we look at this, and I'm reading about Alex Trebek because I like Jeopardy. Anybody in here like Jeopardy? And I was reading he was raised a Catholic, but he didn't believe in the life hereafter. Guess what he found out? I'm not, I'm not saying that to be mean to Alex Trebek. I'm just saying, listen, you find out what you, you, you say there's nothing to God. You'll find out after you pass. You'll find out. I asked a guy one time about eternal security. And I said, do you believe in that? There's no pastor. And he said, listen, when I get to heaven, he said, I know I'm eternally secure. And I thought, good enough for me. Okay, so, so now I said I set a foundation because I want to look at something. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 39, I want everybody to go there because I wanted to put it up on the board. I didn't get 
here in time to get it up on the board. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39. Everybody got it? Okay, now look what it says. It says, therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to what? Speak in tongues. That's what it says. And do not forbid to speak in tongues. Okay, so now I want you to do something. Now I want you to go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want you to look at verse 29 through 31. I want you to get there. I want everybody to get there because I want you to see what I'm preaching. So as everybody basically got there. All right, now watch this. He says in verse 29, are all not apostles, are they? And the answer to that is no. Okay, he's just asking questions. He said, are all not prophets, are they? Are all not teachers, are they? Are all not workers of miracles, are they? Now look what he says. All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? Now watch verse 31. But earnestly desire the greatest gifts. Does everybody see that? He said, now I want you to desire the greatest gifts. Now what are the greatest gifts? He just named them. There's many, many more gifts, but he just named the gifts that we are to desire. They're the greatest gifts. Somebody says, are there others? Paul talks about other gifts in the book of Romans. Paul talks about other gifts all the way through the Bible. But understand, he said, these are the greater gifts. Now, I, I might get excited here in a little bit, okay? Now, now, how many of you are going to leave if I run down the aisle? Now, y'all smiling at me right now. But I'm not going to tell you that I'm not going to run when the Holy Spirit hits me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, he is very real. And he is God. Somebody say amen. And so when he touches your... Listen, I can't sing those songs and not sob. Now, Larry, Larry, Larry sings those songs. Because I know he, he's... Did y'all understand that he can, he can talk? He's a good preacher too. But I tell you this, I think that when he looks at y'all, the reason why he don't cry is because he's taking those classes, how to motivate people, and he just all sees you out there sitting in your underwear. There it is, right there. <laughs> but, but, but I have this sensitive spirit that when God touches me, man, I just want to sob. Because I, I can, listen to me, one day I'm leaving this place, and I'm awaking God's new heaven. Come on. Can you get any better than that? That old Dottie Rambo's dying. She knows she's got a few days left to live. And she said, I'll fall asleep. And I'm going to wake in God's new heaven. Listen, when I look at that, it just makes me want to go home. Somebody say amen to that. But listen, I'm not home yet. And so I got to preach to you what God has given to me, which is the truth. So listen to what he says. He said, all don't have these gifts, but, but the gifts are in the church. Now look in verse 31. He says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I, and I show you a still more excellent way. And now he's going to give us chapter 13, love. And he is going to show us love. 
I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself because I'm going to give it to you the way my dad gave it to me. I'm going to give it to you the way my dad gave it to my brother and me. He says in verse 13, but now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Listen, you can put Jesus in there. Now abideth faith, hope, and Jesus, these three, but the greatest of these is Jesus. That love right there is, 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 is Jesus. So now we look at that in verse 31. He says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. He said, now I am going to show you a still more excellent way. How many of you understand language arts? If you do, raise your hands because I want to see. Okay. Elaine, don't you, when you're a teacher and you don't understand language arts? I called her out. I'm going to get in trouble because she's going to say, listen, I'm still smarter than you. Okay, hey, watch this. Okay, so we, we ended up with, with, with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. He said, I want you to desire the gifts, the greater gifts, yet I'm going to show you a more excellent way. And he takes chapter 13 and he puts it in parentheses. Because if he takes away chapter 13, he can pick right up with chapter 14. So what he's doing, he is taking this chapter 13, he's putting it in parentheses because listen to what he's saying to the Corinthians. Don't get your mind off Jesus. Don't do it because the Corinthian church had got into the gifts and they had gotten their mind off of Jesus. And the gifts are not worth one plug nickel. If Jesus is not involved. Now listen to what he said. He said now I'm going to show you a more excellent way. He said I want you to desire the gifts. But now I'm going to show you something that's even greater than that. And it is Jesus and it is love. How many of you see that? And this is why he says in parentheses chapter 13. He said tongues will cease. How many of you know that's future tense? He said, knowledge will end. Future tense. Everything that he says will end. Why? Because, listen, you're not going to need them in heaven. When you get to heaven, you're not going to cast out demons. There are not going to be any there. You're not going to have to lay hands on the sick because you're going to be eternally well forever. You're not going to have to pray anymore. Listen to me. You get to heaven, you're not going to have to live by faith no more. Wow. Your faith will have completely become sight. And so you don't have to live. You're not going to live that. So he says, these will cease. Tongues will cease. He says, prophecy will cease. He said, knowledge will cease. He said, they will cease. He says something, though, but he says, love will cease never cease because love is not everlasting love is eternal because the word eternal means no beginning and no end the word everlasting means beginning and no end we are everlasting but we are not eternal god the father is eternal listen jesus is eternal holy spirit is eternal forever how many of you understand that they are eternal and chapter 13 is a verse that is eternal and why is it eternal because it is the love of God somebody say amen now watch what happens so now let's go over 
to First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. Everybody got it? Watch this. Pursue love. Yeah, I'll see that. Or pursue Jesus. Pursue Jesus. But look what he says. Yet. Everybody say yet. Because he's going to go right back to chapter 12. Yet don't forget. Now listen to what he's saying. Pursue love. Yet what? Desire earnestly spiritual gifts. How many of you see that? Desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Let me ask you a question. If churches had the power of God in them, every single church in the United States of America had the power of God in that church, how do you think that the devil will get away with anything? Hey, I got to pick on this church because I'm the pastor of this church. I was asked the other question about eternal security, and, and the question I was asked was, well, yeah, but in, in the book of Revelation, Jesus has seven stars, and then there's the seven uh, lampstands. And so he, he was talking about the stars, and he said, now the Lord says to, the, to Ephesus, he said, I'll remove, I'll, I'll remove your lampstand. I said, yes, he did say that. I said, because there's a greater emphasis put on pastors, teachers, apostles and prophets and evangelists than the rest of the congregation the book of james write this down it's very interesting because the book of james says in chapter 3 and verse 1 listen to what he said he said you should not want to be a teacher he said because you will have a, a stricter judgment incurred upon you and you know what that stricter judgment is? Is that the, 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 the angels of God have, have a place in hell all for themselves. And you say, well, that's the angels of God. Do you understand there's two kinds of angels? There is a celestial angel from heaven and a terrestrial angel that's from earth. And when we stand up and we proclaim to you the things of God, we are angels. How many of you understand? God said, you want to get on my back, bad side? He says, start preaching a doctrine that's false let me tell you what's a false doctrine that the offices were done away with that the gifts were done away with it's a false doctrine Understand this and you're saying, well, why? Where's the power of the church gone? Because after the great, Nor uh, the great awakening in North America, the church started to fall backward. It didn't just start to fall backward yesterday or it didn't start to fall backward 50 years ago. It's been falling backward for a long time. And now we are starting to reap what we have sown. Everybody said, and I'm going to make some of you mad. Everybody said, Donald Trump's going to win this thing. Donald Trump's going to win this thing. Donald Trump's going to win it. I don't know. He still might win it. I don't know. But I know what God showed me. He took me over to the book of Jeremiah, and I read the book of Jeremiah. And understand what happens with Jeremiah. God said, you tell those people I'm not going to bless them because they're wicked. He said, you tell Judah, he said, you tell Israel, I will not bless them because they are wicked. And you know what the wickedness about them was? It wasn't abortion. It wasn't homosexuality. It wasn't all those things that we're preaching about today. You know what the wickedness was? They turned around and walked away from him. 
That's what it was. They had lost their faith and did not believe in Jehovah who delivered them out of Egypt land by one miracle right after another. They quit believing in him and when they quit believing in him, then Baal come in. How many of you understand Baal and, and Moloch, those gods, they didn't come in there to Israel until Israel turned its back on God and when that happened it opened the door for everything to come in but listen to God and everyone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior listen this morning all it took from those Israelites was a faint cry was a faint cry pastor and God heard the faintest cry because you know what the bible says he didn't want to do those things in israel he, he repented that that he he was going to do those because he's waiting waiting for the faintest cry listen god when when elijah uh, started to explain who god was here's what he said god wasn't in the whirlwind god wasn't in the earthquake he said god wasn't in the fire that's what we want in our churches. We want earthquakes. We want fire. We want all of this stuff because we're so into science. Listen, it wasn't in that. Listen to what it was. It was in the still, small voice. And God is speaking right now to the United States in a still, small voice. And listen, he'll hear our faintest cry when the church. Now, you all know this because we've been preaching about it for years and years and years. We preached about it so much now that we don't like it anymore. And what is it? It is, it is uh, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will. If my people who are called by my name will. Listen to what it says. Humble themselves. Repent, turn from their wicked ways. Listen to what he says, and pray. He said, then I will hear from heaven. And guess what he said? He said, I'll forgive their iniquity, I'll forgive their sin, and praise God, I'll heal their land. About 25 years ago, there was a terrible man, and his name was Coney. And he had went in and he had brutalized and murdered by the thousands African people in Uganda. And, and they, they, they couldn't do anything about it. And this guy was so into witchcraft, he was one step ahead of the army all of the time. And the devil himself, he, he even said that would reveal things to him because they were so into witchcraft. And the president of Uganda called all of the preachers together in that country. He did not call in the statesmen, the senators, the congressmen. He didn't call in the prime minister. Listen, the king of that country called in every single preacher from every denomination. And here's what he said. He said, the problem that is happening in this country is your fault. The problem that's happening in this country is our fault. Because, listen to me, there is no Democrat going to get you out of this thing. There is no Republican going to get you out of this thing. There is no president that's going to get you out of this thing. 
Some of you don't like Donald Trump. I don't really care. I happen to like him because he did something. He exposed the corruption in the government. And he exposed the corruption in the church. That's all God wanted was him to expose it. And he did exactly what God wanted him to do. I know that you all want him to be president again, and it's okay with me if he is, but if Joe Biden is the president, I know in whom I am persuaded, and it is not an earthly man, but I am persuaded in the Lord God, understanding that if I will let him, he will work through me through the miraculous. I love Al Brose, and he don't like for me to call his name out, but I'm going to call it out anyway. I'll take care of that afterwards. But he's just like me. And you know what it is? Chairs that have no rear end sitting in it bother him. And you know why they bother me? Because, listen, it shows us we're not doing what God wants us to do. Listen, come ye sinner lost and lonely. Jesus' blood can make you free. Listen to me. When he saved the worst among you, he saved a wretch like me. Listen, if we really had that burden for lost souls, people, we would go outside and we would fight tooth and nail for every single sinner that's out there. Somebody say amen to that. Listen to what we say. We say, God, bring them in so we can get them saved. How about we bring them in and let God save them? Somebody give me an amen on that. Praise the name of the Lord. I, I got to go on here because I preach all day. And I know that some of you don't want me to preach all day. But I, I love it anyway. Now, listen, let me tell you something. Heaven is the epitome of everything that we believe in. Okay, so there's some things that don't, will not be in heaven. And those things that will not be in heaven is, guess what? The offices. Guess what will not be in heaven? The gifts. Love will be in heaven. That's why he said pursue love. But yet, he said, I'm going to show you something. Use that word yet because that word yet means desire to covet the gifts. Right? If, if you know, if, if your body is all working together, you feel good. Isn't that right? But when one part of your body is out of whack, then you don't feel good. Listen, the whole body of Christ is out of whack. The whole body of Christ. Now, I'm going to read you something that was sent to me. I think my son sent it to me. And he didn't even know that I had this message. And yes, this is the first time I bring my phone into the church because I usually keep it out in the car. Because yes, people will call me right in the middle of a sermon. This is, this is from the great Pastor Bonhoeffer in Germany in 1943. And I want to read this to you because it is so today. It was, it, it, he, 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 he was a theologian, he was martyred, okay. And uh, he said, how is it possible for the church to sit back and let Hitler seize absolute power? Listen, his firm answer, it was the teaching of cheap grace. They had taken so many scriptures out. Now listen to this. So he goes on. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Yes, it is. Baptism without discipline. Listen to what he says, communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. He said grace without the cross, grace without Jesus. 
Listen to what he says. We live in a time and a culture that not only teaches cheap grace, but praises it. Man, don't that sound like today? Don't that sound like today? Hey, listen to me. If, if, if I was having an affair on my wife and you knew that, and you didn't confront me with that and still let me preach to you, I think something's wrong with you. I think something would be wrong with you. You would have to come to me and say, Pastor, you got to step down, man. You, you, you need to come back to the Lord. You know, I hope you would. Amen. But listen to me. People just live together in the church now, and we let, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's called holy matrimony. And why, is, 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 why has it been just shucked out and thrown away? I'm going to tell you why. Because of how we was raised in the church. Me, me and my wife, we talk about it all the time. Is this okay? I'm going to get to an end. But, but Nancy, and, and then I think my brother and I, we was talking about it one day. We was told what to do but never explained. Now, and nobody ever explained anything to us. You know, we, we knew this. We knew that, that, that jewelry was wrong. Man, I, I, I tell you, you people being raised in the Nazarene church, I don't know how you did it. I'll tell you, the holiness movements of, of, of these, these, these holiness churches, I'll tell you, man, it was awful. It really was. You know, you know I, I, I'm glad to see her hair down. She got her hair down today. I told her, I said, man, I like your hair down. And, and the only reason why, them, them, them old Church of God women used to put that, yeah, put, they didn't believe in cutting hair, but didn't want to let it down. I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to confess a sin. I'm dating my wife. I'm 18 years old. She's about 16. Or was I 16 years, 18, somewhere in there. And, 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 uh, so we go out on a date and I said to her, I said, where do you want to go? She said, pizza hut. I remember that. I remember how much I give for it. Do you know pizza's cheaper now than it was when we was young? I almost, almost spent all my money on a pizza. Okay, so we got pizza. I said, now where do you want to go? She said, to the show. I'm not even a Christian. I have already started to rebel against the church because I didn't like the way I was raised. Don't wave your hand and say amen. But I said, okay. And we, we, we went... We went to that outdoor theater. Drive-in. You've been there. I thought God was going to come kill me. Oh, you've been there too. Oh, goodness. If you've been there, kind of do that. Oh, my gosh, it's all over the place. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I can't show her I'm weak, but I thought, dear Lord, don't kill me now. I'm going to hell. I was going to hell anyway. Didn't have nothing to do with that drive-in. You understand what I'm saying? And so then we, we, there was a lot of don'ts, but there was no explanation why you shouldn't. And then we was raised this way. God had chalk in this hand and an eraser in this hand. And every time we did something God, wrong, God just rubbed us out. Oh, God doesn't do that, people. Amen. He loves us more than what you know. And he set up, now listen to what he set up. 
He said his son to die on the cross so that we could pursue this love that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. It is. That's what it's all about. And he says, pursue that. Because that's going to take you a long way. Because that's eternal. But he said, yet desire the gifts. Why? Because, listen, that's what draws people into the church. To understand the fullness of the gospel of the kingdom. Is that you, can, you should be able to come in here and lay down every single burden that has a hold of you. Every sin God will take away from you if you're not saved this morning. In an instant of time, your sins can be forgiven. Listen, let me, let me tell you this though. But cheap grace, you know what cheap grace says? Cheap grace says come and confess your sin. But grace says not only come and confess, but repent from your sin and turn from your sin and live for the Lord and and let's, let me tell you something. It's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. And once that inward thing gets a hold of you, it'll start being an outward thing. Somebody say amen. I could preach for another hour. I'm not going to do it. I'm not done with this sermon. But I'll, let's stand so I'll know not to go into another sermon. Because <laughs> I'm not done with this one. But I, I want you to hear this. I was holding a revival in, in Dandridge, Tennessee. And there was a young girl that had the spiked hair. And if that girl had, had to swim across the river, she would have drowned. Because she had bars in her nose, in her ears, in her eyelids. I couldn't even imagine where all them things were. They were everywhere. I'm not talking about you. Here we go. Okay. Like that. And they was everywhere. This girl had blue hair and yellow hair and every she would have made the native Indian proud. This girl. And she had on black gothic clothes. Man, what is that all about? And listen to what I give an invitation. And I said, Come as you are. And you don't have to change one thing about yourself. Just come as you are. And that girl came to that altar. And I got down there beside her. And she was weeping. And we was praying. And she was repenting of her sin. Now watch this. And a good old church of God lady come up there. And she said, now nah, honey. You know now that you got saved, you got to change all of this. And she looked at me and she said, is that right? I said, no, that's not right. And that woman goes, huh? Well, I'm going to go talk to the pastor. I showed you what kind of God she had. And I went on praying with that girl. That girl hit pay dirt. And that pastor come and he said, did you say that to her? I said, I did. I said, let me ask you, where, how, what good has this woman done your church in the last 20 years? But that girl right there can turn this place around. And he said, you know what, Pastor, you're right. Well, that woman left. I'm not, yeah, it was. I come back a year later, and she was different, cleaned up and the whole route. And I said, oh, man, 
I looked at her and I said, did they get to you? And she said, no, pastor, God did. She said, I let God just do an inward work. Oh, people, can you understand? Pursue the love of the Lord, but let the gifts reign in the church and let the offices be in the church. Because listen, you call me pastor, but when I go to Africa, they call me apostle. When I go to other parts of the world, they call me apostle. Listen, there are in the church apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. When we come back to that, we're going to see a revival in the church like never before. Listen, when we allow the gifts of wisdom and knowledge and faith and miracles, listen, when we allow the gifts of healing in the church, when we allow the gifts of tongues to come back in the church, and when we allow the interpretation listen God is going to do something you say why are you saying going because we haven't got there yet and listen it doesn't seem that we want to get there just go ahead and start playing something Uganda got turned around because seven girls seven young girls out of a Sunday school start praying for Uganda Sure did. And then Oconee comes in and he raids a Catholic convent where they had a hundred girls that were orphans. And he took every one of them. And he was going to impregnate those girls by his soldiers, so he's going to raise up an army. And one little Catholic nun went after that old boy. And that one little nun went after that guy with that army that he had and said, you cannot have those girls. He said, I'll kill you. She said, you'll have to kill me because you're not going to have those girls. God did the miraculous. She had those girls delivered. And let me tell you what happened. Those preachers got into serious prayer and ushered back in the gifts of the Lord ushered back in the offices of the Lord and people started giving their hearts to the Lord like never before and guess what happened he left I'm in Africa I'm in Uganda I'm in I'm in the bush and I'm praying and I get tired and I go into a mud hut and I'm sleeping in this bed and while I am sleeping, Coney sends in one of his men. This is about 25 years ago. And he said, you go wake that preacher up. He said, you tell him the son of a cobra is here. That was who he was, son of a cobra. They said, we're going to let him sleep. They told me, I said, next time that guy comes, you wake me up. Because I want the son of a cobra to know there's a son of God here. And I got a little bit intimidated a little later on because I'm thinking, whoa, he might want to come back and kill me. How many of you know Dan Bauer? Dan Bauer's with me. I said, Dan, let's walk around this hut. He said, walk around the hut. And I said, let's walk around it seven times. And, they, and, and when we walked around that, on that seventh time, Al, I run into an angel that had to be 14 foot tall. And no, he wasn't white. He was a black man. And I'm going to tell you that angel, I run into that old boy. And I look and I said, Dan, it's over. We're all right. How many of you want your land healed? If my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves, will turn from their wicked ways, will we'll pray. Listen to what he said. He said, I will hear from heaven. Huh? And seek my face. Yeah, good. And seek my face because that's the important part. That's what we got to do is seek his face. He said, then I'll hear from heaven. He said, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to say United States is a country of God? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to say the United States? Then people listen to me. Then let's let God be God. Was this sermon okay today? Because I hope you take this sermon and actually listen to it. And go back and read those scriptures. Because we are the people of the Lord. Father God, we give you praise. And we give you glory. And Father God, there is none like you, no, not one. 